Act Five, Part Two of Cynthia's Revels or the Fountain of Self Love by Ben Jonson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene Three Enter Hesperus, Cynthia, Arete, Time, Phronesius, and Thalma. Music accompanied. Hesperus sings queen and huntress chaste and fair now the sun is laid to sleep seated in thy silver chair state in wonted manner keep hesperus entreats thy light goddess excellently bright earth let not thy envious shade dare itself to interpose cynthia's shining orb was made heaven to clear when day did close bless us then with wished sight goddess excellently bright lay thy bow of pearl apart and thy crystal shining quiver give unto the flying heart space to breathe how short soever thou that makes the day of night goddess excellently bright when hath diana like an envious wretch that glitters only to his soothed self denying to the world the precious use of hoarded wealth withheld her friendly aid monthly we spend our still repaired shine and not forbid our virgin waxen torch to burn and blaze while nutriment doth last that once consumed out of jove's treasury anew we take and stick it in our sphere to give the mutinous kind of wanting men their looked-for light yet what is their desert bounty is wronged interpreted as due mortals can challenge not a ray by right yet do expect the whole of cynthia's light but if the deities withdrew their gifts for human follies what could men deserve but death and darkness it behooves the high for their own sakes to do things worthily most true most sacred goddess for the heavens receive no good of all the good they do nor jove nor you nor other heavenly powers are fed with fumes which do from incense rise or sacrifices reeking in their gore yet for the care which you of mortals have whose proper good it is that they be so you well pleased with odours redolent but ignorant is all the race of men which still complains not knowing why or when else noble arete they would not blame and tax or for unjust or for as proud thy cynthia in the things which are indeed the greatest glories in our starry crown 
Such is our chastity, which safely scorns not love, for whom more fervently doth love immortal honour and divine renown. But giddy Cupid, Venus's frantic son, yet, Arete, if by this veiled light we but discovered what we not discern, any the least of imputations stand ready to sprinkle our unspotted fame, with note of lightness, from these revels near. Not for the empire of the universe should night or court this whatsoever shine, or grace of ours unhappily enjoy. Place and occasion are two privy thieves, and from poor innocent ladies often steal the best of things an honourable name. To stay with follies, or where faults may be, infers a crime, although the party free. How Cynthianly that is, how worthily and like herself, the matchless Cynthia speaks infinite jealousies infinite regards do watch about the true virginity but phoebe lives from all not only fault but as from thought so from suspicion free thy presence broad seals are delights for pure what's done in cynthia's sight is done secure that then so answered dearest arete what the argument or of what sort our sports are like to be this night i not demand Nothing which duty and desire to please, bears written in the forehead, comes amiss. But unto whose invention must we owe the compliment of this night's furniture? Excellent goddess to a man's whose worth, without hyperbole, I thus may praise, one at least studious of deserving will, and, to speak truth, indeed, deserving will. Potential merit stands for actual, where only opportunity doth want not will nor power both which in him abound one whom the muses and minerva love for whom should they than crites more esteem whom phoebus though not fortune holdeth dear and which convinceth excellence in him a principal admirer of yourself even through the ungentle injuries of fate and difficulties which do virtue choke thus much of him appears what other things of farther note do lie unborn in him them i do leave for cherishment to show and for a goddess graciously to judge we have already judged him arete nor are we ignorant how noble minds suffer too much through those indignities which time and vicious persons cast on them ourself have ever vowed to esteem as virtue for itself so fortune base whose first in worth the same be first in place nor farther notice arete we crave than thine approval's sovereign warranty let it be thy care to make us known to him cynthia shall brighten what the world made dim exit arete the first mask enter cupid disguised as enteros followed by storge aglea euphantaste and aphelia clear pearl of heaven and not to be farther ambitious in titles cynthia the fame of this illustrious knight among others hath also drawn these four fair virgins from the palace of their queen perfection a word which makes no sufficient difference betwixt hers and mine to visit thy imperial court for she their sovereign not finding where to dwell among men before her return to heaven advise them wholly to consecrate themselves to thy celestial service 
as in whose clear spirit the proper element and sphere of virtue they should behold not her alone their ever-honoured mistress but themselves more truly themselves to live enthronized herself would have commended them unto thy favour more particularly but that she knows no commendation is more available with thee than that of proper virtue nevertheless she willed them to present this crystal mound a note of monarchy and symbol of perfection to thy more worthy deity which is here by me they most humbly do so amongst the rarities thereof that is the chief to show whatsoever the world hath excellent howsoever remote and various but your irradiate judgment will soon discover the secrets of this little crystal world themselves to appear more plainly because they know nothing more odious than false pretexts have chosen to express their several qualities thus in several colours the first in citron colour is natural affection which given us to procure our good is sometimes called storge and as every one is nearest to himself so this handmaid of reason allowable self-love as it is without harm so are none without it her place in the court of perfection was to quicken minds in the pursuit of honour her device is a perpendicular level upon a cube or square the word sesuo modulo alluding to that true measure of one's self which as every one ought to make so is it most conspicuous in thy divine example the second in green is aglaia delectable and pleasant conversation whose property it is to move a kindly delight and sometime not without laughter her office to entertain assemblies and keep societies together with fair familiarity her device within a ring of clouds a heart with shine about it the word curiram nubila pello an allegory of cynthia's light which no less clears the sky than her fair mirth the heart the third in the discoloured mantle spangled all over is euphantaste a well-conceited wittiness and employed in honouring the court with the riches of her pure invention her device upon a pedicis or mercurial hat a crescent the word sic laus ingenii inferring that the praise and glory of wit doth ever increase as doth thy growing moon the fourth in white is aphaleia a nymph as pure and simple as the soul or as an embraced table and is therefore called simplicity without folds without plates without colour without counterfeit and to speak plainly plainness itself her device is no device the word under her silver shield omnis abest fucus alluding to thy spotless self who art as far from impurity as from mortality myself celestial goddess more fit for the court of cynthia than the arbours of cytherea am called anteros or love's enemy the more welcome therefore to thy court and the fitter to conduct this quaternion who as they are thy professed votaries and for that cause adversaries to love yet thee perpetual virgin they both love and vow to love eternally re-enter arete with chrysus not without wonder nor without delight mine eyes have viewed in contemplation's depth this work of wit divine and excellent what shape what substance or what unknown power in virgin's habit crowned with laurel leaves and olive branches woven in between 
on sea-girt rocks like to a goddess shines o front o face o all celestial sure and more than mortal arete behold another cynthia and another queen whose glory like a lasting plenilune seems ignorant of what it is to wane nor under heaven an object could be found more fit to please let cretas make approach bounty forbids to pall our thanks with stay or to defer our favour after view the time of grace is when the cause is new lo here the man celestial delia who like a circle bounded in itself contains as much as man in fullness may lo here the man who not of usual earth but of that nobler and more precious mould which phoebus's self doth temper is composed and who though all were wanting to reward yet to himself he would not wanting be thy favour's gain is his ambition's most and labour's best who humble in his height stands fixed silent in thy glorious sight with no less pleasure than we have beheld this precious crystal work of rarest wit our eye doth read thee now enstyled our cretus whom learning virtue and our favour last exempteth from the gloomy multitude with common eye the supreme should not see henceforth be ours the more thyself to be heaven's purest light whose orb may be eclipsed but not thy praise divinest cynthia how much too narrow for so high a grace thine save therein the most unworthy crites doth find himself for ever shine thy fame thine honours ever as thy beauties do in me they must my dark world's chiefest lights by whose propitious beams my powers are raised to hope some part of those most lofty points which blessed arete hath pleased to name as marks to which my endeavour's steps should bend mine as begun at thee in thee must end the second mask enter mercury as a page introducing eucosmos epothes eutolmos and eucolos sister of phoebus to whose bright orb we owe that we not complain of his absence these four brethren for they are brethren and sons of eutoxia a lady known and highly beloved of your resplendent deity not able to be absent when cynthia held a solemnity officiously insinuate themselves into thy presence for as there are four cardinal virtues upon which the whole frame of the court doth move so are these the four cardinal properties without which the body of compliment moveth not with these four silver javelins which they bear in their hands they support in prince's court the state of the presence as by office they are obliged which though here they may seem superfluous yet for honour's sake they thus presume to visit thee having also been employed in the palace of queen perfection and though to them that would make themselves gracious to a goddess sacrifices were fitter than presents or impresses yet they both hope thy favour and in place of either use several symbols containing the titles of thy imperial dignity first the hithermost in the changeable blue and green robe is the commendably fashioned gallant Cosmos, whose courtly habit is the grace of the presence and delight of the surveying eye 
whom ladies understand by the names of neat and elegant. His symbol is Dive Virgine, in which he would express thy deity's principal glory, which hath ever been virginity. The second, in the rich accoutrement, and robe of purple, impaled with gold, is Eupathis, who entertains his mind with a harmless, though not incurious, variety. All the objects of his senses are sumptuous, himself a gallant, that, without excess, can make use of superfluity, go richly in embroideries, jewels, and what not, without vanity, and fare delicately without gluttony, and therefore, not without cause, is universally thought to be of fine humor. His symbol is Dive Optime, an attribute to express thy goodness, in which thou so resembleth Jove, thy father. The third, in the blush-colored suit, is Eutolemus, as duly respecting others, as never neglecting himself, commonly known by the title of Good Audacity, to courts and courtly assemblies, a guest most acceptable. His symbol is Dive Viragini, to express thy hearty courage in chase of savage beasts, which harbor in woods and wildernesses. The fourth, in watch at tinsel, is the kind and truly benefic Ocolius, who impardeth not without respect, but yet without difficulty, and hath the happiness to make every kindness seem double, by the timely and freely bestowing thereof. He is the chief of them, who by the vulgar are said to be of good nature. His symbol is Dive Maxime, an adjunct to signify thy greatness, which in heaven, earth, and hell is formidable. Music a dance by the two masks join, during which Cupid and Mercury retire to the side of the stage. Is not that amorphous, the traveller? As though it were not. Do you not see how his legs are in travail with a measure? Heden, my master is next. What, will Cupid turn nomenclator and cry them? No faith, but I have a comedy toward that would not be lost for a kingdom. In good time, for Cupid will prove the comedy. Mercury, I am studying how to match them. How to mismatch them were harder. They are the nymphs must do it. I shall sport myself with their passions above measure. Those nymphs would be tamed a little indeed. But I fear thou hast not arrows for the purpose. Oh, yes, here be of all sorts, flights, rovers, and butt-chaffs but I can wound with a brandish and never draw a bow for the matter. I cannot but believe it, my invisible archer, and yet methinks you are tedious. It behoves me to be somewhat circumspect, Mercury, for Cynthia here, the twang of my bow, shall go near to whip me with a string. Therefore, to prevent that, I thus discharge a brandish upon... It makes no matter which of the couples. Fantast and amorphous at you waves his arrow at them. Will the shaking of a shaft strike them into such fever of affection? As well as the wink of an eye. But I pray thee, hinder me not with thy prattle. Jove forbid I hinder thee. Marry, all that I fear is Cynthia's presence, which, with the cold of her chastity, casteth such an antiperistasis about the place, that no heat of thine will tarry with the patient. It will tarry, the rather, for the antiperistasis will keep it in. I long to see the experiment. Why, their marrow boils already, or they are all turned eunuchs. Nay, 
and be so i'll give over speaking and be a spectator only the first dance ends cynthia my bright soul is a right exquisite and splendidious lady yet amorphous i think hath seen more fashions i am sure my countries but whether i have or not what need we gaze on cynthia that have ourself to admire oh excellent cynthia yet if fantasti sat where she does and has such an attire on her head for attire can do much i say no more but goddesses are goddesses and fantasti is as she is i would the revels were done once i might go to my school of glass again and learn to do myself right after all this ruffling music they begin the second dance how now cupid here's a wonderful change with her brandish do you not hear how they dote what prodigy is this no word of love no mention no motion not a word my little igneous fatue not a word are my darts enchanted is their vigour gone is their virtue what cupid turned jealous of himself laughs <laughs> mercury is cupid angry hath he not cause when his purpose is so deluded a rare comedy it shall be entitled cupid's do not scorn us hermes choler and cupid are two fiery things i scorn them not but i see that come to pass which i presaged in the beginning you cannot tell perhaps the physic will not work so soon upon some as upon others it may be the rest are not so resty ex ongu you know the old adage as these so are the remainder i'll try this is the same shaft with which i wounded argurion waves his arrow again ay but let me save you a labour cupid there were certain bottles of water fetched and drung off since that time by these gallants jove strike me into the earth the fountain of self-love nay faint not cupid i remembered it not faith it was ominous to take the name of enteros upon you you know not what charm or enchantment lies in the word you saw i durst not venture upon any device in our presentiment but was content to be no other than a simple page your arrow's properties to keep decorum cupid are suited it should seem to the nature of him you personate indignity not to be born nay rather an attempt to have been forborn the second dance ends how might i revenge myself on this insulting mercury ah there's cretes his minion he has not tasted of this water waves his arrow at crises it shall be so is cretes turned dotard on himself too that follows not because the venom of your shafts cannot pierce him cupid as though there were one antidote for these and another for him as though there were not or as if one effect might not arise of diverse causes what say you to cynthia arte phoronesis time and others there they are divine and critus aspires to be so music they begin the third dance but that shall not serve him tis like to do it at this time but cupid is grown too covetous that it will not spare one of a multitude one is more than a multitude arete's favour makes any one shot-proof against thee cupid i pray thee light honey-bee remember thou art not now in adonis's garden but in cynthia's presence 
where thorns lie in garrison about the roses. Soft, Cynthia speaks. Ladies and gallants of our court, to end, and give a timely period to our sports, let us conclude them with declining night. Our empire is but of the darker half, and if you judge it any recompense for your fair pains, to have earned Diana's thanks, Diana grants them, and bestows their crown to gratify your acceptable zeal. For you are they, that not as some have done, do censure us as too severe and sour, but as more rightly, gracious to the good. Although we not deny unto the proud or the profane, perhaps indeed austere, for so Acteon, by presuming far, did to our grief incur a fatal doom. And so swole Niobe, comparing more than he presumed, was trophied into stone. But are we therefore judged to extreme? Seems it no crime to enter sacred bowers and hallowed places with impure aspect, most lewdly to pollute? Seems it no crime to brave a deity? Let mortals learn to make religion of offending heaven, and not at all to censure powers divine. To men this argument should stand for firm. A goddess did it, therefore it was good. We are not cruel, nor delight in blood. But what have serious repetitions to do with revels and the sports of court? We not intend to sour your late delights with harsh expostulation. Let it suffice that we take notice, and can revenge of these calumnious and lewd blasphemies. For we are no less Cynthia than we were, nor is our power but as ourself the same. Though we have now put on no tire of shine, but mortal eyes undazzled may endure. Years are beneath the spheres, and time makes weak things under heaven, not powers which govern heaven. And though ourself be in ourself secure, yet let not mortals challenge to themselves immunity from thence. Lo, this is all. Honour hath store of spleen, but wanteth gall. Once more we cast the slumber of our thanks on your tan toil, which here let take an end. And that we not mistake your several worths, nor you our favour, from yourselves remove, what makes you not yourselves, those clouds of mask, particular pains, particular thanks, do ask. The dancers unmask. How, let me view you. Ha! Are we contemned? Is there so little awe of our disdain, that any, under trust of their disguise, should mix themselves with others of the court, and without forehead boldly press so far as farther none? How apt is lenity to be abused, severity to be loathed! And yet, how much more doth the seeming face of neighbour virtues and their borrowed names add of lewd boldness to loose vanities! Who would have thought that Philautia durst or have usurped noble Storge's name, or with that theft have ventured on our eyes? Who would have thought that all of them should hope so much of our connivance as to come to grace themselves with titles not their own? Instead of medicines, have we maladies? And such imposthumes as fantastias grow in our palace? We must lance these sores, or all will putrefy. Nor are these all, for we suspect a farther fraud than this. Take off our veil that shadows may depart, and shapes appear, beloved Arete. So, another face of things presents itself than did of late. What, feathered Cupid masked, and masked like Anteros? And stay, more strange, dear Mercury, our brother, like a page, 
to countenance the ambush of the boy. Nor endeth our discovery as yet. Goliath, like a nymph, that but erewhile in male attire did serve Anides, Cupid came hither to find sport and game, who heretofore hath been too conversant among our train, but never felt revenge. And Mercury bare Cupid company. Cupid, we must confess, this time of mirth proclaimed by us, gave opportunity to thy attempts, although no privilege. Tempt us no farther. We cannot endure thy presence longer. Vanish hence, away. Exit Cupid. You, Mercury, we must entreat to stay, and hear what we determine of the rest. For in this plot we well perceive your hand. But, for we mean not a censorian task, and yet to lance these ulcers grown so ripe. Dear Arete and Cretas, to you too we give the charge. Impose what pains you please. Then curable cut off, the rest reform, remembering ever what we first decreed. Since revels were proclaimed, let now none bleed. How well Diana can distinguish times and sort her censures, keeping to herself the doom of gods, leaving the rest to us. Come, cite them, Crites, first, and then proceed. First Philosia, for she was the first, then like Galia, in Aglia's name, thirdly, Fantaste and Moriah next, main follies all, and of the female crew. Amorphous are you Cosmos counterfeit, voluptuous Eden tame for you Pathes, brazen Aniades, and Asotus last, with his two pages Morris and Procyates. And thou, the traveller's evil coasts approach, impostors all, and male deformities. Nay, forward, for I delegate my power, and will that at thy mercy they do stand, whom they so oft so plainly scorned before. Tis virtue which they want, and wanting it, honour no garment to their backs can fit. Then, Crites, practice thy discretion. Adored Cynthia and bright Arete, another might seem fitter for this task than Crites far but that you judge not so for i not to appear vindictive or mindful of contempts which i contemned as done of impotence must be remiss who as i was the author in some sort to work their knowledge into cynthia's sight so should be much severer to revenge the indignity hence issuing to her name but there's not one of these who are unpained or by themselves unpunished for vice is like a fury to the vicious mind, and turns delight itself to punishment. But we must forward to define their doom. You are offenders, that must be confessed. Do you confess it? We, we do. do. And that you merit sharp correction? Yes. Then we, reserving unto Delia's grace her farther pleasure, and to Arete what Delia granteth, thus do sentence you that from this place for penance known of all since you have drunk so deeply of self-love you two and two singing a palinode march to your several homes by niobe's stone and offer up two tears of peace thereon that it may change the name as you must change and of a stone be called weeping cross because it standeth cross of cynthia's way one of whose names is sacred trivia and after penance thus performed you pass in like set order, not as Midas did, to wash his gold off into Tagus' stream, but to the well of knowledge, Helicon, 
where purged of your present maladies which are not few nor slender you become such as you fain would seem and then return offering your service to great cynthia this is your sentence if the goddess please to ratify it with her high consent the scope of wise mirth unto fruit is bent we do approve thy censure beloved cretus which mercury thy true propitious friend a deity next jove beloved of us will undertake to see exactly done and for this service of discovery performed by thee in honour of our name we vow to guerdon it with such due grace as shall become our bounty and thy place princes that would their people should do well must at themselves begin as at the head for men by their example pattern out their imitations and regard of laws a virtuous court a world to virtue draws Exeunt Cynthia and her nymphs, followed by Arete and Crites. Amorphous, Fantaste, etc., go off the stage in pairs, singing the following palinode. From Spanish thrugs, French faces, smirks, scurps, and all affected humors. Good From secret friends, sweet servants, loves, doves, and such fantastic humors. Good from stabbing of arms, flap dragons, heaths, whips, and all such swaggering humors. From waving fans, coy glances, glicks, cringes, and all such simpering humors. From making love by attorney, courting of puppets, and paying for new acquaintance. From perfumed dogs, monkeys, sparrows, dildos, and paraquetos. Good From wearing bracelets of hair, shoe ties, gloves, garters, and ring with posies. Good From pargetting, painting, slicking, glazing, and renewing old rivulet faces. Good From squiring to tilt yards playhouses, pagans, and all such public places. Good From entertaining one gallant to gull another, and making fools of either. Good From belying ladies' favors, noblemen's countenance, queening counterfeit employments, vainglorious taking to them other men's services, and all self-loving humors. Good Mercury and Crisis sing. Now each one dry his weeping eyes, and to the well of knowledge haste, where purged of your maladies, you may of sweeter waters taste, and with refined voice report the grace of Cynthia and her court. Exeunt. The Epilogue. Gentles, be it known to you, since I went in, I am turned rhymer, and do thus begin the author jealous how your sense doth take his travails hath enjoined me to make some short and ceremonious epilogue but if i yet know what i am a rogue he ties me to such laws as quite distract my thoughts and would a year of time exact I neither must be faint, remiss, nor sorry, sour, serious, confident, nor peremptory. 
but betwixt these let's see to lay the blame upon the children's action that were lame to crave your favour with a begging knee were to distrust the writer's faculty to promise better at the next we bring prorogue's disgrace commends not anything stiffly to stand on this and proudly approve the play might tax the maker of self-louve i'll only speak what i have heard him say by tis good and if you like it you may ecce rubit quidam palet stupet ossitat odit hoc volo nunc nobis carmina nostra placent end of act five part two end of cynthia's revels or the fountain of self-love by ben jonson